You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Road. This is the Playoff Drive, brought to you by Byers Auto. Ohio State gearing up for the Sugar Bowl and the College Football Playoff rematch with Clemson and Jeremy Birmingham and Spencer Holbrook are joining me uh, to talk about this heading into Christmas. Uh, pretty quiet for the Buckeyes this week. They're still practicing, uh, obviously, and preparing for that game, game planning for the Tigers. Uh, but no media availability uh, all week since Sunday, Sunday to the coming Monday. So they are locked in, focused, not allowing any outside distractions. Can't really blame them because there's plenty of those going on right now, Berm, thanks to Dabo Swinney and his mouth. Yeah, it's funny. We're not hearing from any coaches, but yet we're hearing from the coaches more than I think we've uh, ever heard from them before because we have uh, Dabo uh, doing what Dabo does and uh, being uh, not even towing the line between being disrespectful and, you know, gamesmanship. He is straight up being uh, disrespectful. Um, And then you have Ohio State coaches being kind of uh, exposed in a way that they aren't used to because of what uh, DeMario McCall uh, did uh, the other day in the locker room. And then Kevin Wilson waking up on uh, Wednesday morning and firing a shot back at uh, Clemson, which again, we haven't seen the Buckeyes coaches really engage in that. But I think at some point, don't you just say enough is enough. We're going to, you can run your mouth all you want, but uh, you know, eventually these guys are competitors and get tired of hearing the cheap shots. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly been interesting. It's it's only been you know what three days since the pairing was announced, and we all knew it was coming. And then it started beforehand with Dabo trying to make his case about teams not playing enough games. But we knew that this was the likely matchup, and that these teams already had bad blood. It even goes back to some of the you know hijinks from Clemson and and putting some fingers where they didn't belong in previous playoff meetings. These teams do not like each other. Um, and I don't really know what part of it from Clemson they would have to hold against Ohio State. Ohio State hasn't won any games yet against this team. They keep getting really weird things happening from the Clemson side. Um, I don't know, Spencer, you wrote about it uh, on Wednesday about how this is becoming a rivalry, at least for this year. It replaces the game because they didn't get to play it against Michigan. Um, the Bad Blood is a fascinating subplot to this year's version uh, of Ohio State Clemson in the college football playoff. Yeah, and I was writing the story and I was reading some quotes and, and going through the transcriptions of, of what Dabo and Ryan Day both said, and they were pretty cordial with each other. But when you look at it, you know, you and I talked about this off air. There's not a lot of like uh, respect or love between these two programs. They just don't like each other. And and it it stems back to, you know, there's, a, there's an Orange Bowl, that a BCS game that Clemson came back and won. There's a, a 2016 playoff matchup where Ohio, or 2017 playoff matchup where Ohio State kind of got embarrassed. There's a there's the matchup last year with the the bad calls and everything. It just, everything is kind of boiling over right now. And you can tell there's a lot of tension between both sides because Clemson knows that it's probably played better this year, but Ohio state knows that it has a really good team that nobody's really seen the potential of this year. So I just think everything's starting to boil over a little. I think it's going to lead to uh, maybe one of those pregame skirmishes at midfield during the, the warm up. I think that could be a fun, a fun thing. I'm really excited to just see all the, 
the storylines that continue to come out of this because we have no shortage of them already. Well, if, if Northwestern got into a pregame skirmish with Ohio State, I think it's a guarantee that Clemson and Ohio State will do that in New Orleans. Um, that's the Kevin Wilson part that you referenced there, Berm. Read the, read the tweet, Austin. You got it available. I think people yeah. who are not on the Twitter should understand what Kevin Wilson said this morning. Yeah, So this, but this part of it just seems so strange to me where now Dabo – so Dabo was talking about Ohio State having a uh, game-planning advantage, uh, having played six games. Clemson doesn't have that much tape to work through, and Ohio State will get to look at 11 games ridiculous these arguments about who has an edge or not edge over playing more games or Ohio State not having the reps it it's ridiculous you could make a case either way I don't think it's going to decide who wins this game uh, so Kevin Wilson uh, sees that the, the the headline was Dabo believes Clemson has a game planning advantage over Ohio State and so Kevin Wilson responded with no doubt about it Clemson football yesterday uh, my wife and I shared our 25th anniversary. Unfortunately, I was stuck in the office burning the midnight oil studying the Citadel football game tape. Missed out on a great night with my lovely bride. Got some triple option plays, which just, that's one of the best responses that you could have come up with in that circumstance. And, and this is even the, a flaw in Dabo's argument from a week or two ago that he even undermined himself when they lost to Syracuse, or if one of your games is against the Citadel, which you're not going to lose if you're Clemson, the same way that Ohio State was not going to lose to any non-conference opponent this year or Maryland. Um, you know, there were no non-conference games, but uh, what did you? What were you going to learn from Ohio State against Maryland and Illinois? It's ridiculous, and I'm so glad that that some Ohio State coaches are actually returning some fire. Yeah, I just think that right now the reality is Clemson has no reason to respect Ohio State if we're calling a spade a spade. Like, they don't. They've beaten Ohio State uh, every time they've played. The Buckeyes are sort of the reason Clemson is what Clemson is right now because of the loss in the Orange Bowl in 2013, because of the 26, uh, 2017 Fiesta Bowl. Like, the Buckeyes have sort of created this monster, and it's up to them to, to slay it. And until they do – who cares what – I mean, Clemson should run their mouth as much as they want. I mean, it sort of flies in the face of, of you know, be, acting like you've been there before because Clemson, you'd figure at this point, would, would stop with the with the childish antics that they do. And But it is who they are, and that's the way Dabo's been. I mean, the drip. I mean, the guy's a, a, a clown most of the time. He's a great football coach, no doubt about it. He's an excellent recruiter. They do a lot of very good things, but he undermines – um, the the value of what Clemson is doing, I think, when he acts the way he acts. And I don't know, there's part of me that says Ohio State shouldn't respond in kind, and, but at the other side, like I said earlier, like at some juncture, you just say enough. Like, let's understand that they're trying to all be professionals and, and move on, but I don't see that sort of coming from the uh, South Carolina side of things. I think that's one of the most interesting dynamics about this is that um, – in that press conference, that first Sugar Bowl press conference on Sunday, you know, somebody asked Dabo about just, you know, this, it's another example of these two blue blood powerhouse programs, traditional storied programs going at it. And as you alluded to, Berman, this is a new place for Clemson to be. Certainly in the playoff era, they're at the top. Uh, Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, you know, that's, that's pretty much the list. You know that they're going to be in the mix every single year. But – 
Clemson as a whole is not some storied, you know, long time successful program. We went decades where you were just using Clemsoning as as a descriptor for for big time chokes from programs that couldn't get over the hump. This is a new phenomenon for them, and they they sometimes they act like they they don't know they or that they still don't belong, and that they're trying to prove that they do. If, and there's no point to it. I don't I don't see what Dabo is accomplishing when he continues to you know, step in it like this, Spencer. Yeah, I think he has a laundry list of people who do not like him around the country from college football. I think sometimes we get too focused on Ohio State doesn't like him, and Ohio State's justified in not liking him. But this is a college football thing. He's just not the most well-liked guy. He, he kind of just steps on toes and doesn't really care when he does it because he knows he's at one of the best teams in the country. Um, but, again, this is a new thing. And, and when you're new at something and you're good at it – kind of run your mouth a little and you, you you're able to talk as much as you want and it just gets really annoying and I don't know how else to describe it he's just like the most annoying thing and I just like it's 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 really hard it, to it's, go ahead Berm. yeah I, it's I what they, it's, 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 it's it's what they call new money you know what I mean like uh it, those it, it's people who won the lottery and act like they've you know had money their whole lives or whatever and it's fine it's good. You're, you did win the lottery. Clemson has won the lottery. They are unquestionably one of the two best programs in college football right now and have been for the last decade. So kudos. And I don't think that we should lose sight of that in what type of shenanigans and irritation they provide to everyone in college football. There are kids around the country from a recruiting standpoint who, when other kids are going to Clemson are like, dude, really? Like, what are you liking about that situation? And we've heard it referred to, and you see it as the cult of Clemson. It is a very bizarre, like, uh, I don't even know. The, I mean, cult of Clemson is the right terminology, I think, because you look at Brett Venables, the refusal to go take a job somewhere else. No other defensive coordinator in the country is turning down Auburn as a head coaching job for more, you know, for five, $6 million a year. Like what, what is, it must be the greatest environment in the country to work in because these guys never want to leave. And I don't know if it's because the environment is so great or because Dabo makes people feel so bad when they try to walk away from it. I, I've, I've watched a lot of uh, documentaries about like Scientology and David Miscavige and, um, it's a lot of the same stuff. You hear a lot of the same, like, dude, I don't know. I was there and it felt really weird, but then I couldn't get away. But hey, great. Well, You're doing great. Instead of a big cruise ship, you know, you've got a putt-putt course. And if I had that in an office, I would never leave the office either. But that's sure. how I'm, I'm pretty easily persuaded in that way. Um, I guess I, I, I also, I don't mean to keep interrupting, but I think it's clear because I know that fans of Clemson are going to watch this video and they're going to say bad things about us and about, I get it. Like Ohio state is not been able to beat them and Clemson should do and say whatever they want. So I'm totally on board with you until that happens. Clemson fans run the mouth, do whatever you want, but understand it is annoying to not just Buckeyes fans, but everyone in college football. <laughs> I think we've made that point We're at no point. Have we said, that Dabo Swinney has not built a winning program, that they do not have a – or denied that they uh, have a winning streak and a perfect record against Ohio State. Everyone is aware of all that. Uh, but when you talked about a decade of dominance for them, Berm, that's still exaggerating. I mean, that 
if you're well, it's the better that, part of a decade. It's seven years. Yeah, but they still haven't made it a full ten years. I'm just saying they are that new money thing is legit because it's not even a full decade of of winning at an elite level for them yet. Uh, but that's that's neither here nor there. I'm not I'm not saying that to take any shots at what they are right now because we know what they are, uh, and Ohio State is going to have to uh, make sure that they get over the hump one time before this will really be a true rivalry on on even footing. Now that should have happened last year before the officials got in the way, but I'm not going to uh, go on another 20 minute rant about what happened in the Fiesta Bowl because I'm more upset at this current moment about what happened to Haskell Garrett in the All Big Ten voting. Or now two uh, All American teams have put him on the first squad. Those people were actually paying attention to what the Ohio State defensive tackle did this year. I, I said this on, on Letterman Live this week, and I had to check with Spencer just to see exactly where he landed on the all big 10 list. It is pure nonsense that he was not a first team, all big 10 selection when none of the other guys on these all American teams even come from the big 10 Haskell Garrett is viewed by most people around the country as the best defensive lineman in the big 10 right now. And he couldn't even make that team. I do not understand what people are voting for. What are they watching? I mean, I have my theories but I'm going to let Spencer dive in here because I, I've already ranted and rambled enough about how um, dumb people are. Go ahead, Spencer. <laughs> it's real stupid. Uh, I don't really know how else to say it. Uh, They're stupid. You, They're super stupid. If you watch the, if you watch football with any sort of knowledge of the game of football, you can see who the best players are. Haskell Garrett is one of the best players in the Big Ten. I'm not saying one of the best defensive linemen in the Big Ten. One of the best players in the Big Ten. He has dominated every single time he's put on a helmet this year. He has tortured offensive lines. For him not to be a first-team big All-Big Ten selection, but then to crack first-team All-American selections should make them re-vote. I think there needs to be a re-vote. We need to, re- we need to do a recount, re-vote. Like, it's madness. When I sit here and think about Haskell Garrett not getting recognition by people who are in the Midwest and watch Big Ten football, but then people in California and Florida and New York City are voting for him as first-team All-American, it's like, okay, who actually understands the sport and who doesn't? Because I can't decide right now because the Big Ten made such a huge mistake. It's pretty egregious. I think it just underscores the contempt that media and other teams in the Big Ten have for Ohio State um, because – they just get sick and tired of always voting for Ohio State for things. And, and we've talked about this over the years. The phenomenon isn't new. Um, in Jeffrey Okuda, for example, you know, the, the guys that have been left out of winning a league awards. But this was a pretty basic fundamental. Like Haskell Garrett dominated, as Spencer said, every single game that the Buckeyes have played. You don't even need to have an, an overarching understanding of football to watch the game and see, gosh, there's that 92 again, making a play. Yeah. Like it, it's not a matter of scheme opening up things for a defensive tackle. He's just going out and beating his guy every single time. And uh, you know, I think it's great actually that other people around the country are, are seeing it because normally that doesn't happen, but you also, you know, maybe people around the country are like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy's even playing this year. Maybe he deserves, you know, maybe we should pay attention to how he's playing, but um, it that is weird. Work, that should have worked to his advantage within the Big Ten. You would think so because th- those people should have understood more than anyone how ridiculous it is that he's even on the field, let alone the best defensive lineman on the field, as voted by Pro Football Focus and all that stuff. I mean, they're they're saying he's just he's been the best rated defensive lineman in America this year. 
to even be a defensive lineman right now, to be alive right now is incredible for Haskell Garrett. And then for him to not only come back and be on the, the roster for the first game, but then to dominate in the first game and the second and third all the way to the sixth game and then not be recognized when he probably shouldn't even be alive is, is insane. And for people not to realize the talent that he has and the numbers he's put up this year, it's, it's just crazy. I, I need to stop talking about it. You know, and I get that it's hard to put into context, you know, when you play six games. But if this had been doubled over the course of the year, in defensive tackle, the stats are not always going to be there. Six games, 17 tackles, four tackles for loss, two sacks, an interception, and a touchdown. Um, from a defensive tackle position in six games, that production is off the charts, especially sure. for a team that continues to rotate players where he doesn't play every snap. Like, yeah, if you were if you were an awards voter, I would get it. You would just see the list and compare and say, well, he doesn't you know, that's not that many. That's not what you would normally vote for for an All-American. But this is a weird year. Look at what he did on a per-game basis. It's absolutely nuts. It, we talked about this last week, though. It does seem like the Big Ten voters almost voted entirely based on reputation heading into this season. I mean, uh, Pat Fryermuth winning the tight end of the year. The guy only played three games. Like, I, I don't know. What are we doing? I mean, there's there's certainly other areas where you can be like, okay, what? why this guy? Why this I mean, who knows? Uh, we've Listen, boys, it's the Big Ten, okay? Everything's been backwards since August. So, yes, Haskell's played off the shirts, but who cares? Shirts don't matter anymore. Nobody cares about shirts. All well, right. maybe maybe that's the issue is he played off the charts, and so he wasn't okay. on there. He should have played on the chart. You're yeah. right. He should have played on the chart. All right. It's getting stoopy in here. This has been – Stoopy. Practice report. Wait, no, it's the playoff drive. We're already in it. Playoff now. drive. It's the playoff drive. It's brought to you by Buyers Auto. A lot more coverage, of course, coming your way and the build-up to New Year's Day with Ohio State and Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. That's Berm and Spencer. I am Austin Ward. Stay with us for full coverage of the Buckeyes at LettermanRoad.com.